All right, today on the show, we get, well, a little nuts as the topics range from reporters showing emotion on TV to our memories of 9-11 to the fun times we've all had at the DMV to my epic rant on driving. And then, speaking of rants, we bring back author Glenn Merzer to give us the first in his series of Glenn's Rants. After that, it is game time as we literally play in traffic. And then the cherry on top, of course, Sarah's News as we share what we would or would not let our dogs list or lick. But first, let me tell you all about NextWave. Yep, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com founded way back in 1998 or the year that I got married that is a long damn time ago it is next wave services it's time now for the real men eat plants podcast your daily deep dive into sports pop culture beer and food all with a plant-based spin I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here's a man who always has a plant-based plan before leaving the house, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. What is up with you? I know we got a lot going on here. My name's Rich Reynolds, along with the lovely and talented Sarah Carlson, and as always, the stylin' Eric Rogers. You can find him at Eric Rogers Brand all over social media. Sarah, at News Sarah, and you can find me at R-M-E-P Rich on social media. Remember to give to Paul's party as well and help the show out. Go to our page at realmanyplants.com, click on podcast, and then click on the supporter button right there, and you can donate uh, to Paul's party and our show as well. Paul Palooza coming up on Sunday. We're very excited about that. We had Kathy in yesterday, which, by the way, I wanted to start there. So it was Sarah and I that ended up doing the interview with Kathy to talk about Paul's party. And I just think as part of like journalistic integrity, you got to ask how it all started, right? Like you have to at least have some kind of origin story, correct? Correct. And I knew that it was going to probably make somebody cry. Like I told Sarah before it happened, I'm like, I don't want to be the one that cries. Like I, I usually cry over this kind of stuff. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Now, back in the day in journalism, that stuff would get you into trouble. Now, I don't know if you were ever well, taught that, Sarah. So, Because a lot of news stories are like, well, you're covering an accident or you're covering a murder. Or if you're out as a reporter you can't cry on the air. And I did a lot. Well, I did a lot of health reporting and Mm -hmm. I did stories like Paul's story. Paul is no longer with us. So, um, gosh, I can't, I can't even count how many I did. I managed to keep my emotions at bay, not because I would have been in trouble. Um, but while I was interviewing just to help the, the other person, the interviewee, Mm -hmm. um, 
sometimes I would, you know, have a little teardrop, but that wasn't on camera. So it didn't right. matter. Um, and now I, I, I could cry at that story if I saw it on the news or read it someplace. Um, but I don't know. I, because I knew where she was going, I could keep my emotions at bay. I'm going to come, I'm going to come to the Palooza on Sunday. And that's the kind of place where you might see something that that gets you going, you know, gets, gets Um, the emotions going. And I, but I had to ask, so I had to ask like about Paul, like tell us about Paul as a kid and stuff like that. And really, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I don't think, you know, Paul's only been gone a few years. If he's been gone 20 years, 30 years, you ask Mm -hmm. Kathy about it. I'm sure it's going to elicit teardrops every single time. And even though I kind of knew that was going to happen, I really didn't want it to happen. I still felt like a jackass afterwards. You know, it's like, and I I, I tried to do it in like the most caring way possible. And I hope I wasn't like a a total, you know, you did a great job. And I think she needed to answer that question in order for the segment or what we were telling our listeners to make any sense. You know, right. why is gotta, this so important? Because right. you need context important. for it. Right. And like, yeah. like Sarah, you just said, I mean, it's when you have, you're asking people to, to attend an event and to donate to a cause. You don't just say, yeah, this is like, it's private cancer fundraiser. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you gotta give a reason and, and people will relate to that. And right. through the tears and emotions and uh, heartfelt you know, compassion from other people. Like that's where the fundraising comes from and they understand. Absolutely. You know? And and I hope that everybody's going to give what they can, uh, especially because we found out, I mean, some of that equipment that they get for those disabled kids is super friggin' expensive. And yeah. so, you know, and that's really prevents a lot of those kids from trying a sport, from trying to be involved in team things uh, because the, the cost is so prohibitive for the parents to do. And insurance won't cover that. It's not like they're going to cover something that's a fun-related activity. So raising money for it, I really think, is a noble effort and loved having her on, and we would like to, again, raise as much money as we can for Paul's party. Please, you know, go ahead onto Patreon, find us there, or you can find us at realmanyplants.com. Click on podcast and that support button. I do think that it is a really important thing to do. And also just going back, you know, quickly, as far as like reporters and crying on the air, I do think, and we've all been in the business, we've all reported on things, we've all done it. Um, I, I do think there are certain times where you are allowed to show some emotion. So like oh, Walter yeah. Cronkite famously like showed emotion when uh, President Kennedy was shot back in 1963. Mm-hmm. And so he took off the glasses, kind of had like a tear going and then, you know, uh, talked about the time of death and all that. And it was a very famous kind of spot. I remember more locally. Now, if you were in Madison, Wisconsin, and maybe Sarah, you might have worked with. Did you ever work with Allison Triarcy over at WKOW? No. So. She was on Channel 27 for a while. This would have been like late 90s, early 2000s. And I think in the early 2000s, she was out reporting. I was reporting. there then. Yeah, she was out hmm. reporting on a story. She was a reporter and she was oh, out. Oh, maybe I did work with her then. Yeah, and I <laughs> <Sorry>. think that. <laughs> but you were, you were a big time anchor. You know, she was, she was only a reporter, you know. Oh, so an- anchors don't really talk to reporters, you know. That, that doesn't work like that. Careful, they're, man. They're <laughs> <laughs> So, but she was out on a story and I remember watching it and she started crying when reporting on the story 
And I think it led to her demise at the station. Really? And so I'm not a hundred percent. And I, I remember talking to her about it afterwards, but I think that was the writing on the wall that got her off the air at, at channel 27. It just isn't something because if you're a reporter and you break down all the time, it's sad news. You're going to cry every day. I mean, there's right. stuff on the news that's sad every single friggin' day. You got to hold it together. Like you just got to. I got to tell you, during 9 11, that, that would be another time, time that you could cry. Yeah. I was at KOW, I was at that TV station in Madison, and I, people had some tear jerkers. Absolutely. And we weren't talking about anybody from Wisconsin, we were talking about what was happening in New York. Um, nobody got fired over it. And I apologize if I worked with Allison and I don't remember. I worked at three TV stations in one city. Did, yeah. <laughs> I definitely can be. Came across uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. no, it was Forgive like me. that, you know, these emotions and stuff and, and the negative news stories like you alluded to, Rich, it's something that, you know, if you, you know, if you were to show emotion and everything that was negative, you'd be doing it all the time. There was a, a reporter in this, uh, in our market anyway, that recently left the news reporting business to do um, kind of like her own independent type of reporting in the area because she was tired of doing those kinds of stories. And right. I don't know, maybe that's a shift in how we're treating uh, journalists and that type of. It could wear on media, you, you know, and, and going back to, to September 11th, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story. I was on the air when it happened. So I was doing a morning show and uh, was going back and forth. We were kind of playing this man on the street game where we would have a reporter go out and ask people on the street questions uh, about oh, like boy. topical stuff. And then, yeah, you would like we would have a caller call in and they would was guess whether live? or not that person was going to get it right. Well, no. So so the the thing is taped as far as like the person on the street, but I'm going back and forth with the other person. Her name is Hadas Kuznets. She's on the air in, in Philadelphia right now. And we were going back and forth, you know, doing this game. And the program director comes into the studio and he, he's tapping me while, while Hadas is talking. He goes, Rich, you got to switch it to national news right now. Switch it to CNN. And I'm like, get out of here, man. Like, you know, go away. We're right in the middle of something. Wait for commercial. So he looks at me like I'm crazy. I continue with the bit. I, I stop talking again. He taps me and he goes, Rich, switch it to CNN right now. And I'm like, Damn it. You know, like I was really pissed off and I switched it to CNN and I was like, oh, but what before I switched, I'm like, what the hell could it possibly be? Like up until that point, you would never think that the country was under attack. About the only thing you're switching for. You would never think. I'm like, what is it? An earthquake? You know, we've had earthquakes. Is it a volcano? I was doing the morning show, Wake Up Wisconsin, as it's known here in Madison at the time, sitting in the studio, ready to go on air to do a, what we would call a cut-in. So I think it's Good Morning America that's on that network. Mm-hmm. And they suddenly do a breaking news live, this is what's happening. And that had happened from time to time, but it wouldn't be something like this. And so we still sat there assuming we were going on air for a long time. Yeah, actually. why wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think, because okay. Because we kept thinking, oh, they're going to find out this was uh, uh, two planes that had accident, you know, an accident. Well, I think <laughs> so, I, so, so it was the first one when he made me switch. And then I went to another studio where they had a television because not every studio had a TV. And I watched the second one hit. And then I was yeah. like, okay, the first one wasn't an accident. Now we're under attack. Yeah. Like you just yeah. knew um, at, at that point exactly what it was. But, oh, my goodness, Eric. Well, let's let, let's see. We'll, we'll need your story too. So mm. I think you were in kindergarten <laughs> yeah, at right. the time. I was and, not that young. Did they, was, did they uh, make you stop finger painting to uh, go home on nine eleven? 
Uh, on 9-11, I was in seventh grade. I was in my first hour geography class with Mr. Lindsay, who had notorious coffee breath. And <laughs> I remember this as we start off the day, he's always got his coffee and he very calmly like just turned the TV on and we just kind of all tried to absorb it. And it was just really, really weird because then every class we would, you know, we'd switch to the next class and it would just be TV for that. No, obviously no one's teaching anything at that moment and trying to just, uh, I guess, give more of a life lesson about what's going on. And um that was they didn't send very, you home you, you stayed no, in school we for the stayed whole day? at school the whole day wow all right Jeez. i mean what are you gonna do with our parents leave class or leave work i guess to come so get their kids i mean some did yeah there were some parents yeah there were some companies that closed down for the day i mean it was yeah. a weird time you know it definitely uh felt strange it was painful not as painful though. i don't think 9-11 was near as painful as sarah's experience this morning at the dmv <laughs> oh boy <laughs> That's a reach. Is that a poor that segue good. right there? Should Your I shoulder. Not that, was, that, yeah. that will go down as one of the best segues. Your shoulder's going to get hurt reaching like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but God. but Sarah, Sarah was stuck at the DMV. In fact, we're, we're starting our podcast late today. Nobody knows this because we pre-record everything. But uh, Sarah, if you could please enlighten us with everything that was happening at the Wisconsin Department of Motor Vehicles, or is it the DOT Department of I, I don't know what the hell it is. DMV? Yeah, the DMV sucks. Yeah. And it started on Friday, but I won't really bore you that much. We went there Friday thinking we could get my son's permit. Apparently, we were, we were missing something that I would never have figured out. We went there today, had it all right, and then we had to wait. But he'd already we'd already done everything. Like, we did the really long wait with a crowded DMV Friday. He took the test. It took a long time. Then we're just sitting there, and there's a person across from us coughing. Oh, and God. these days, I don't <sighs> let, like... I've been on planes. Don't they have online people. DMV right now? Like you would think they've. Oh, you can't do this. To... This is where he had to put his head into the, um, you know, oh, vision the eye scan test and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't take long, and but man, waiting for D two sixty two to be called. <laughs> the, I don't know if other people feel this way about your local DMV or DOT, depending on where you're listening. Um, the numbers make no sense. You know, like, why is it A2? Nothing does. Right? <laughs> right? And what are they up to? And I kept warning my son, let's not go at the lunch hour. And then it just had to be because of practice. He's in football, yada, yada. But I let him drive home. He drove home from the DMV. So was this the and, first time that he was driving yeah. and you were a passenger? Wow. I was. Were you freaked out? <laughs> no. Really? Tell him, I remember being get freaked out with my podcast. son. Yes. I was yeah. only freaked out at one point when I wanted him to change lanes. And I, I said it, but luckily I said it too quietly. And he didn't know how to because he wouldn't have been able to do it fast enough. And it's a road that goes into a one lane. Um, we took quieter streets. And I said, if anybody ends up behind you, real close to you, don't let it bother you. You know, we've all been there behind someone who's learning. Um, but he did well. He drove himself back to his dad's, and I rushed here, and I can hardly see straight. Wow. Nice. Yeah, usually when they're learning, <laughs> I'll drive by them and let them know they're number one at driving. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> 
I'm that's, I'm that kind you of support guy. your fellow motorists. No. I, like. I, used to- I actually <laughs> wonder why people have student driving or student driver mm-hmm. on like a bumper. That's and why. I know people who do that professionally have a car like that. And I'm thinking I'm going to go get one of those as long as I can peel it back off because it would be helpful. And then, then, then maybe I'll just act like one. Just act oh, like a she's, jerk. She's just being, she's just learning. No, Sarah, nobody's going to flip than you off anyways. It's a, better than the middle finger you off. I've been that. flipped off. Ooh, Why would was... no one flip me off? That because makes you're feel blonde worse. and you're a woman? I would never flip off a blonde woman. Uh, really? I think I've been flipped off by men wow. and women. But women yeah. can be nasty, you know, Duh. to yeah. each other. Yeah, especially I just to say each thi- other. I just say things, and I don't say them at them. I just say things, and I, you know, under my breath or loudly when no one's listening. I've given up road rage. It, it actually happened during COVID, so I still had to work, and I still had to drive, and I was out every day. And those first couple of weeks of COVID, there was nobody on the road. And so a person like me that used to go 10, 15 miles an hour over on the highway all the time, I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to speed now. you know. And I would just go the speed limit, and I learned to love it, and I've stayed chill on the road ever since then. My my terrible, terrible case of road rage is now gone. It was cured by COVID. I call bullshit. There's no way. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, are you telling me like when I, I don't know, when I got back on the roads and like things kind of got back to normal, like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody died because look how many fuckers are on the road. They're still everywhere. They're oh, it's worse than drivers. ever. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's absolutely worse. So than how ever. can you not have any road more rage? People, it's because more people want to get out. Well, yeah. more people need to, uh, they, there needs to be a mandatory like IQ test or like retake your license every couple of years or five years or something because people do not belong on the road. The, I have I, a theory it's, about it's it. Fascinating. I should tell you both and, yeah. and everybody out there. I have epilepsy. I've had mm-hmm. it for 13 years. I'm so blessed right now. It's been controlled for two. I'm coming up on a two year anniversary here, but I lost my license because of it in 2015 or I forget, whatever. I didn't drive for a really long time and I didn't have to take another test. I was absolutely shocked. Now look, really? I, was confident, <laughs> I was confident in my driving. Um, I had to pr- prove uh, with other ways that I was allowed to have my license back, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to wonder, wh- wh- what are the standards and why? And that's in my state and perhaps it's different somewhere else, but um, are there are yeah. other triggers that you have to avoid? Like, are you do you have to stay away from like Call of Duty, you know, stuff like that, like video games? No, and, no, no, I've never. They, I was one of those people who you could ask me all of those questions, and the answer is, yep, nothing triggers it. We tried really? to figure. Oh yeah, it's. I've got. We could do a whole segment on this. I would be hospitalized <laughs> where they were trying to trigger a seizure mm-hmm. because they wanted to uh, track what was happening. They had all the EEG nodes on glued on my head. They do like the flashing light things oh, at you. Flashing and, light yeah. a million times. You, yeah. I went to see what's the flashing light show. Um, anyway, no, that doesn't do anything for me. Um, I'll, I'll never forget. They tried alcohol. <laughs> they yeah, came that room. was fun. <laughs> they came in the room with a little teeny bottle of vodka, and they were like, "We're supposed." It's been nurse, very sweet, young, said we're, we're supposed to test if this triggers it. And I knew by then that it didn't. And I'm like, "Well, then you're going to have to bring me like seven of them. Do you really want to know?" <laughs> <laughs> if we're no, going to test this, we're testing it all the way. I, I think it would have been better to have like some creepy guy come in who was like dressed really crappy, and he's trying to get you drunk. And hey, baby, I got a drink for you. It would have been a better way to see if it triggered you. Uh, no, nothing, 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 nothing triggered it. Not Absolutely even like a nothing. scary moment, you know, where yeah. Mm-mm. 
We, we know, so poop, we know poop's not going to trigger it. Yeah. <laughs> they do say that st- too much stress and not enough sleep are definitely just known across the board triggers. And I can certainly say that that was the case for me at times. You know, they would be worse if I didn't sleep enough, but I managed to sleep a lot to prevent that, especially when I wasn't working. Nice. So, so bad driving, which I, I believe. So I I have a theory. Yeah. I think most people, I would say 90% of people don't know how to drive properly. And I don't think that I'm overstating it. All right. Have you ever been to a roundabout? Oh, oh God. my God. Okay, see, most people don't know how to use roundabouts. This, by the way, I, I don't understand why it's so hard. I find roundabouts to be the That's easiest thing. <laughs> I find roundabouts to be the easiest thing in the freaking world. All you got to do is come up to the roundabout. If there's nobody coming to your left-hand side, that means you can go. If there is right. someone coming from the left, that means you have to yield. That's it. That's all you need to know about roundabouts. It's that friggin' simple. And people lose their minds trying to I think to the negotiate. issue is that he, I think it depends on how long a community or city has had roundabouts. Here in Madison, Wisconsin, relatively-ish new, five years. I don't know how yeah. long it's been. In Europe, that's how they drive all the that's time. That's how they drive. Yep. And they live more because of it. It's yeah. definitely safer. But hopefully well, they someday the we'll American, come around, then. pun intended. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Merging, by the way. So do you know? Like va- European vacation? Yeah. They get stuck in the roundabout? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when you merge onto a highway, okay, and, you, click, you know. Click the button. The Okay. Yeah. Signal. You, turn signal's good. Also, the ramps are designed to be long enough for you to reach the speed limit of the highway. So no. you don't want to enter the highway going 40 or 45. You should be going uh. 65 or 70 by the time you hit the bottom of that ramp so you can merge safely into traffic. Oh, and also, by the way, you're the one merging, not the people that are already on the highway. You're merging into traffic. So that means you either need to slow down or speed up to get into it. You don't wait for people to slow down to let you in, which seems okay, to be however, a I common misconception. Yeah, I know. Well, here's one thing, though. Certainly, I, I can't Someone stand people who get on, get here. Yeah. merge <laughs> onto the highway going 45. That drives me nuts. But I think if you're in the far right lane and you've got the mergers coming, you got it's crowded. You kind of got to work with everybody. You are you can, but you're it's under no obligation to do so. So, so what happens though when those people <laughs> start go, like Rich. like slowing down very much or speeding up very much in that right lane or they try to make like a, a sudden shift to the left, they cause accidents, they cause problems, yes. they cause gridlock. The people merging onto the highway have to merge into traffic. You don't decide for them, and that's where where the issues happen. The other thing, once you're on the highway, the left lane is for passing. It is Thank not you. for sitting there going the friggin' speed limit. It's for people that want to go fast, like Ricky Bobby. Get out of the <laughs> effing way and let them go by. If you want to go Amen. slow, you want to go five under, stick your ass in the right lane and camp out there all day. That's what the right lane is for. All right? And I don't get why people don't understand that. Here's a common one, and this one happens in Wisconsin way more than any other state that I've ever seen. All right? You're going to make a left turn at an intersection. All right. The light is green. You're the front car. 
You oh. get your ass out into the intersection. You don't Thank wait. You. Yes, you don't wait at the crosswalk. You're supposed to be into the intersection in the middle of it. And then when the light turns yellow and there's no oncoming traffic, you turn left. It also allows maybe like two other cars to also make that same maneuver behind you. You don't wait at the crosswalk. Otherwise, no one will ever get to turn left. And for some reason in Wisconsin, I've seen people that have nosed their way out a little bit in the intersection try to hit reverse and back up <gasps> after they've been. No. Yes, it oh. happens all the freaking time. And the all right, last thing on my rant here. <laughs> okay, all right. We, I this, think this is gonna be our quiz show. Like this device right here, the cell phone. Get your freaking head out of the cell phone when you're driving. It has been shown to be worse than drunk driving. Your head is down longer. Get your head out of it. If you don't have Bluetooth, too freaking bad. Guess what? You don't text <laughs> and you don't freaking talk while you're driving then. That's it. It's illegal period. in other states. It should be illegal in every state. And that's what they should mm -hmm. pull people over for. Yeah, I don't want to see cops pulling people over for going eight over on the highway, that is setting up speed traps. Set yep, up a cell phone is, trap. If you see, like, heads down while they're driving, pull those jackasses over because they should not be on the road. Those are the ones that cause the accidents, not the person that's going 10 over on the interstate. Sorry. That's just, what a segment. Okay. What a segment. No, that's, that's what, and that's actually <laughs> how yeah. I ended it with my son who just got his permit. I said, that's who you want to worry about. Get the drivers off coming at you. The phone. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Get off the freaking phone. Um, you know, okay. So I don't know if that had anything to do with plants at all. And I don't think that I it was did. wondering the same thing, but, yeah, hey. but we will have a plant rant coming up next. My rant was not plant related. Glenn Mercer is back with us. Author, playwright, stand-up comedian, and all all of that kind of good stuff. Glenn is with us next. All right, time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you're searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, Veg Reg is the perfect solution. Another great thing about Veg Reg. They have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean real recipes. A bacon lover's BLT, cookie dough protein bites, penne arrabbiata. Now, that's the entree and not the character from The Sopranos. And even a vanilla bean. That's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake. And they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's VegReg.com. All right, time now for something a little new here on the Real Men E-Plants podcast. We're going to give it a shot because we had this guy on, like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, and he was fantastic, and everybody loved it, and we said, you know what, we got to bring him back. So author, screenwriter, playwright, and all-around funny guy, Glenn Merzer is with us now for one of Glenn's rants. Glenn, take it away. Thanks, Rich. You know, the big news this week is suspicion that the romaine lettuce in Wendy's restaurants in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania may be contaminated with E. coli. Now, this is about the hundredth time I've heard about E. coli in lettuce, tomatoes, and cucumbers. You'd think that at least one news person in America 
would Google E. coli. <laughs> they discover that E. coli hangs out in the lower intestines of mammals. So next time you get a head of, a head of lettuce or a tomato or a cucumber, I want you to examine it closely and look for its lower intestine. <laughs> Believe it or not, you're not going to find one. So how did E. coli get in lettuce or tomatoes or cucumbers? In every case, every single case, these innocent vegetables are grown downstream of a pig farm or a cattle ranch. And their manure has tainted the water. The problem is always animal agriculture. Now, animal agriculture is, <coughs> is responsible for greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. It's destroying our rivers and oceans. It's causing water shortages. It's destroying the topsoil. It's responsible for deforestation and the spreading of deserts. It's destroying our health. And yes, it's responsible for E. coli in lettuce. But you won't find a single news person in America who will point this out. They will go on insanely blaming lettuce for cow manure. Now, as you probably all know, I was once the worst busboy in the free world. I worked in a restaurant called The Good Earth in Boulder, Colorado, decades ago. And one day I really kept screwing up. I was slow bussing tables and I dropped dirty silverware on a customer. I got chewed out for that. That was frowned upon. My supervisor just kept yelling at me. And finally I had this big break, this good moment. I, was, I heard this loud crash coming from the other side of the restaurant. Clearly, someone else had screwed up, a waiter or another busboy. I was so happy about that until I heard the supervisor shout, okay, who put the coffee pot on the prep table? And that was me. <laughs> well, animal agriculture is the incompetent busboy of the world. You can trace almost every problem we have back to animal agriculture, if we're willing to be honest about it. Even when the problem is lettuce, the problem is meat. So we have to be honest about it unless we want to just keep pretending that lettuce has a cold. The cherry on top, Glenn, and that is well stated and well put. Is that also if you happen to live near one of those pig farms or uh, dairy farms, it also smells like shit. And um, that is an absolute truth. And I tell you what, great stuff there from you, Glenn. And you, as always, we will keep searching for solutions right here on the show to all of that. You know, we were talking about it, and quickly, just, just to follow up, zoonotic diseases. And mm -hmm. it's always funny yes. to me how they're, they're going to try to come up with a vaccine for it, or they're going to try to come up with a pill for it, and they're going to try. How about not eating the animals or slaughtering animals, or why don't we leave the animals where they belong out in nature, and then maybe those zoonotic diseases won't follow us, you know, just maybe putting two and two together um, like that. And in the meantime, in the meantime, Glenn, I'll let some of my reporter friends know. The next, time, right. the next time the health report comes out, I'll say, hey, you might want to check into this. Lettuce and tomatoes <laughs> don't have colons. Glenn Merzer. No, they don't. Yes, author of Food is Climate and other books. You can check him out. Where, Glenn, where does everybody find you? 
At glennmercer.com. That's Mercer with a Z. G-L-E-N-N-E-R-Z-E-R, glennmercer.com. Glenn, thank you for Glenn's rant. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. All right, time to have a little fun now on the show. We've had a couple of rants uh, that have happened here between me going off on freaking drivers, Glenn going off on cow and pig shit. We're going to turn our attention to Sarah Carlson's Day at the DMV by guessing numbers of driving stats. That's what we're doing. Ooh. So in honor of your son becoming a driver today, we're going to play our normal <laughs> game here. Here is how it works. We got six questions. As always, you want to try and guess the answer. It's a number between one and 100. Closer to the answer, the better you are. Lowest score wins. If you get it right on the head, you get a five-point deduction. Okay. So today, these are all car-related and somewhat plant related. So I'm trying to mesh the two together and see if we can't do uh, that kind of a thing. Everybody all set? Sarah is currently in the lead. We've done this three times. Sarah has a two to one lead over Eric Rogers, but Eric on a one game winning streak. I don't think that's really a streak, but hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he will take it. Okay. Question number one today. As of 2021, so at the end of 2021, that wasn't that long ago, what percentage of all passenger vehicles, what percentage of all passenger vehicles are electric vehicles? So passenger vehicles, this doesn't include commercial vehicles, passenger vehicles that passengers would be toted around in, what percentage on the road are EVs? Now, it might be hard for us to decide here in Wisconsin behind the cheddar curtain, but out in California, I'm guessing that they have a lot more. So, okay, as of 21. really low. Yeah, it's probably a low number. Let's see. Yeah, Sarah's going with 5%, Ooh. which, by the way, Sarah, would have been correct if it was 2017. So there has been an oh, increase oh, then in there's hope EVs. for me at 8%. Eric maybe? going up to 8%. Now get this, because you would never know this in Wisconsin, but we don't have charging stations and we don't have a lot of that going eh, on. Not the actual of percentage of all passenger vehicles in the U.S. that are EVs, 20%. No wow. Freaking 20%. One out of every five passenger huh. cars is an EV that's on the road. So like I said, I'm, I'm guessing huh. there's a lot of them out west. So, okay. Question number two. What percentage of adults 16 and older, so that does not include your son just yet, what percentage of adults 16 and older drive, oh, hold on, what the hell did I do? Oh, yeah, drive at least two and a half times per day. All right, so what percentage Mm. of 16 and older get in their car at least two and a half times per day? So that would be... Two and a half. So that would be at least going back and forth to work and one other trip on average. Oh. Okay, so two in the hook if you're playing it that way like betting. 16 
and older drives at least two and a half times per day in the United States. Oh, God. I instantly uh, regret this decision. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I but no I wrote idea. it down. <laughs> all right. Sarah's going with a pretty high number. 75% of all adults 16 and older drive two and a half trips per day. Eric Rogers. Not as high as I am, Sarah. Going, going 90. Oh. Eric. Put a smile on your face. 88%. No kidding. 88%. So the other 12%, I think, are taking the bus or staying their ass at home. But 88% of adults 16 and older drive two and a half trips per day on There's average. No some of us, way. well, some of us drive, might drive a lot more and might drive, you know, 10, 15 trips mm. or something like that. So I think well, that's that what makes like up for it. Well, does that include like jobs where you're like driving that to in- multiple locations? Yeah, that's what it includes. Yeah. yeah. So there's, uh, there's a lot. A lot of driving. Yep. So, hey, you guys are both doing pretty damn well as we go on to question number three. Hey, I don't know if you knew this. Married people drive more uh, than non-married people, which is something I would not have thought either. I have a theory. You have a theory? What's your theory? Should I give the theory now or after? Well, well, how about after? Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to answer first. Okay. Married people in the U.S. drive an average of how many miles per day? So this includes all miles that married people would drive to and from work, going to the grocery store, picking up little Johnny from soccer, taking yeah, little Mary to cheerleading. Drive, going to work and back, too? It, it includes all of it. So married people in the U.S. drive a lot more because they taxi their kids around. Uh, how many miles per day do married people drive? We start... With Sarah Carlson, who's making a face, she doesn't like her answer. She's going to say 40 miles per day. Mitharaja, what have you got? Uh, well, you were, that is exactly what I was thinking of with the theory of behind it. But my number, I'm, I think, is probably pretty low because I'm literally five minutes from work. So I have no idea what mileage is anymore. So I went with 30 miles. With 30 miles. So Eric says 30. Sarah says 40. We're going to split the difference on this one. 35 is the average okay. miles per day that married people drive. Okay, we are halfway home as we go to question number four. What percentage of all vehicles on the road at any given time are being used for just social or recreational purposes? So that would mean not trucks. Not commercial driving vehicles. And That's not, the question again. And not if you're going to and from work. So what percentage of all vehicles on the road are being used for social or recreational purposes? Like I'll meet you, you at like the bar or we're going camping. Yep, at the moment. So okay. we look outside right now and maybe you could see a highway. What percentage of all, we'll, we'll say it this way, Sarah, and it'll probably be easier. What percentage of all trips that are taken are social or recreational? Are you locked in? Got an answer? Sure. And Sarah is going to go with 50% of all trips. Eric, what have you got? Sarah, we've been very close all day. I also went with 50%. Wow. Holy cow. Both of you going the, uh, the same direction. There's a lot of commercial vehicles on the road. So I think that takes the number down, plus a lot of people driving for work. 25. 25 is the actual answer for that one. You guys don't gain ground or lose ground on that question. So we'll move to question number five. Speed-related crashes cost Americans how many billions of dollars each Mm. year? So the total number 
associated money-wise with all speed crashes in the United States. It's a number between one billion and one hundred billion. <laughs> it's a lot of billions of dollars. Speed-related crashes cost Americans how many billions of dollars each year? Sarah Carlson is going with twenty-eight. Twenty-eight billion, a random number. Eric Raja. Um, yeah, it's billions are a lot of it's a lot of money. Um, but I I don't know. I've just felt like twenty is appropriate. Twenty billion is where he goes there. Double that up, and you would have our answer. Forty billion dollars is spent on speed-related crashes each and every year. Okay, question number six. We are just about at the end. Actually, this is the end. Last question. What percentage of drivers are going 10 miles or more over the speed limit oh, at any given time. All right? So you're going miles miles an hour? at least 10 miles per hour or over at any given time. This is all vehicles on the road. What percentage is going at least 10 miles per hour over the speed limit? All you lead foots out there love zooming around. Sarah's going with a high number. Sarah's going to say 80%. Holy crap. Do you only drive the Beltline, Sarah? Is that like... <laughs> Did I tell you I was from Chicago? Yeah. Oh my. Well, also true. If, if you're on the Eisenhower, the Kennedy, the Stevenson, the Dan Ryan, yeah. any, uh, any number of those uh, uh, wonderful expressways, they're either doing zero or they're doing 100 is the way that it goes in Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Eric, what have you got? So I felt very similar to Sarah in that people love to drive fast. But then I remembered there's also emergency vehicles and all those uh, vehicles that you like, they're monitored, what your speed is. So I went with 70%. 70%. He brings it down just a little bit. That'll help him out here on the final question. 50%. It's 50 right in the middle are going at least 10 miles per hour over the speed limit at any given time. All right. We're going to tally this up and have the winner when we come back with the news with Sarah Carlson. Yes, that is next. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. Cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's dessert too. Yes, it is indeed time for Sarah's news. We also have some news. The winner of our game today is... Not Sarah Carlson. Sarah Carlson coming in with a 100, a very good score, by the way. Anything 100 or below is good, but not as good as Eric Rogers, 84. (laughs) (laughs) And he has come back to even up the all-time series at two apiece. Nice job, Mr. Rogers. On that, I'm going streaking. All right, see ya. He's out, Eric Rogers. Bye, Eric. And we transition into the news. Just Sarah and me today. Yes, one-on-one. Sarah Carlson, take it away, please. 
All right, we have big news from Veg News. A famous vegan meat company in Brazil, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, called Future Farm. I have not heard debut. of them. Wow. Yeah. This is cool. Making its debut on Amazon. This uh, company started in 2019. Its plant-based products are in 30 countries, not ours, um, Latin America, Asia Pacific, and Europe at this point. So this week, Future Farm became available in the U.S. through Amazon Fresh. This is the future burger, beef, sausage, all priced from what you look up competitively as well. So in addition to Amazon Fresh, the company has products available in guess where? If you had to guess a state. Uh, California. There you go. It's always California. It's California, <laughs> Oregon, or Washington. Like the West right, Coast right. gets everything. They'll, ha they'll actually have them on shelves in California and on a couple of menus from what I'm hearing. So beautiful. They're you looking know, actually, to bring more products here. So yeah, we, we had Glenn Merzer on with his rant and he and I actually were talking on the phone this morning. That's how our relationship is starting to go. We chatted for like an hour on the phone. And one of the things that we actually brought up because he, he's not a big fan of like these fake meats. It, Glenn eats really clean and he does like the whole food plant-based thing. And I tried to argue that there's a real place for these fake meats. So he wanted to hear the argument. And I think I won him over. So his whole huh. thing, so his book is called Food is Climate, and he talks right. about the fact that if we all started eating plants, no animals, that everything would rewild, it would solve the climate, and we'd still be able to drive all the cars we want, take planes and boats, and all of that would be fine. We could burn all the fossil fuels we wanted if we would just stop eating animal products. So, and I agree with him. I think there's a lot of data that also shows this to be the case. So I made the case. I said, listen, if you can get a meat eater to stop eating meat and instead opt for an impossible burger or one of the endless other companies that seem mm -hmm. to be sprouting up out there. Yeah, it's not going to solve their health problems, maybe, but it will solve the climate crisis. And I don't think that right. we have a bigger problem than that right now. So why don't we just try to get everybody to do that and start there? And then he was thinking, yeah, Rich, that's actually a pretty good idea. So and not to mention, it is better. I mean, it's still better for you. Possible yes. burger is better than the beef burger. There period. is saturated fat in it. There is sodium in it. However, there is no cholesterol. So the only way you can ever get cholesterol in your body is by eating animal products. And so you could skip mm. the cholesterol part. I mean, your body naturally makes some cholesterol and it's used as a yeah. lining, but that's it. To get more cholesterol in your body, you have to eat animals. And if you don't eat the animals, even if you eat Oreos are the junkiest vegan food out there. You're not going to add any cholesterol to your body. So, so anyways, this future yeah, farm, this future farm company though, also looking to move into uh, the meatless chicken as we know it, but also alternatives to seafood. Okay. And yeah. I wrote, see, I wrote in my story here, seafood. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Have you had that? Like a I haven't had it yet, but this is like one of the the new waves, like in in vegan stuff. Yeah, like vegan fish huh. sticks and vegan, uh, you know, fish fillets. <laughs> You're making oh. a face. Uh, you know, I, I always that's the one I couldn't do it. Couldn't. Do I it. always think that too. I always think like, oh my god, this is going to be terrible, and then I try it because I do try to keep an open mind when it comes to that stuff, and I'm always kind of blown away. Like, wow, this is actually way better than I thought. Like the whole carrot dog experience that we were talking sure. about turned out to be a pretty good experience for me. So anyway, well, you know I'm, I'm I'll a keep vegetarian. an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I would too. I have to. But and you know I'm a vegetarian, not a vegan. 
and I don't like fish. And if you said to me today, Sarah, you have to pick a meat to eat or you could eat fish. I would eat chicken before okay. fish. Before I fish. just have a thing. Sure. Yeah. But see, I would love Ooh. it. You know, every Friday night in Wisconsin, what do they do? <laughs> fish fry. Fish I fry. mean, tons of fish fry. Everybody's eating fish on Friday nights here in Wisconsin. If you can replace all of that with something that was comparable, that tastes like fish and was flaky like that, and you could have the uh, fish fry, I would love to see that replace all the fishing that and they of, actually do. And, of course, it could make a big difference, too. Yeah, we know. And, and no mercury. Maybe that's right, why maybe right. that's why people in Wisconsin are crappy drivers. They got too much mercury going around <laughs> in their brains. I don't know. Very it's, good it's possibility. Just a theory. Just a theory. Especially on Saturdays. Okay, moving on. Now this Friday, August twenty sixth, is National Dog Day. I'm one to forget that these sorts of days exist and see mm-hmm. it on Facebook and There's never have any guilt. Yeah, too many sibling day. I, I can't keep track of it. But it is National Dog Day on August 26th, and the ice cream brand, Salt and Straw, I don't know of it, but... I've never seen it. We can yeah. all get our hands on this. Wait till you hear what they're making. They're launching a cup for pups. The founders made it as a way for dogs to get a treat and celebrate this holiday with their parents. How sweet. Wow. Right? It's, so, a, it's a... Wait till you hear what's in it, though. Okay. So you could eat it. But apparently it's not made to appeal to the human. I don't know. It's a coconut-based vegan ice cream. Mm-hmm. And it's in a little three-ounce tub. And apples and carrots with sweet potatoes. That's the flavor. Okay. So all human- <laughs> you know what, Are you though? laughing at the face I'm making? <laughs> Just out of curiosity, I think I would try it. Like, like we used to have a kid. Right. Back, when I was a kid in the neighborhood and I was growing up, we used to he, – he loved it. We would go and watch him eat milk bones. Like, he would eat dog biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I've so seen it. There was one in every neighborhood, right? Like, a, a yes. kid that would do it. Oh, absolutely. So, so we had a kid that, that, that would do that. Kid needed attention. Plus, there are also people. Have you ever seen this? So they'll be eating an ice cream cone, and then they let their dog lick it, and then they lick it, and then the dog licks it, and they lick it. Now, I'm I've been told dogs have less germs in their mouth than humans do. I also mm-hmm. know dogs eat crap and lick buttholes. So <laughs> I, I I'm so not going to let known- a, Yeah, I'm not going to let a dog lick my ice cream and then take a lick from it. Uh, No, no, thanks. It's a a different level of love. Yes, exactly. And I always think of this too, you know, if I wouldn't kiss that thing that's going to lick my ice cream or whatever, then I am not going to also share food with them. So like I'll kiss my kids or I'll kiss my wife or, you know, something like that. But uh, otherwise, if I'm not going to kiss you, I'm not sharing food with you. Just... And also, just FYI, from a dog lover here, be careful with your dog's tummies. Some dogs don't do well with ice cream, just FYI. But if yep. you'd like to order the salt and straw, <laughs> they do have a but they have a human menu, apparently. So this is coming from a human company. They are offering nationwide shipping of the puppy ones, 12 for $65, hmm. shipping included. All right. You give that a thought. Do you have dogs or cats? I have a dog and a cat. Our dog is 16 years old. He's a little guy. Oh, my God. He's half Shih Tzu and half Poodle, so he's a shit poo. And then we have (laughs) a cat who is one of those tuxedo cats. And so, yeah, very cool. Both animals. 16 years old is our dog, and he is just still full of energy. Plays catch every day. Goes out for walks every day. Love it. 
runs Love around it. and we have fed him crap over the years. I tell you, it was always like the cheapest, whatever was on sale dog food. But only recently, a couple of years ago, we switched to like the expensive for older dogs food and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, get him like the IMs and all of that. And, and he's thrived on that. Like he's done really, really well. We have a baby, Emma, who's going to turn four and she's been babied in every possible way, including her dog food. Mm-hmm. We had to get her some special dog food because she wasn't, she has digestive issues. I'm not even kidding. Not ice cream issues, just generally we needed to kind of change Absolutely. it up. And we have talked about All this right. on the show, by the way, dogs are not vegans. You don't have to make your dog vegan. They are true right. well, omnivores. I told you about that. Yeah. yeah true they were- omnivores. Well, there's a company trying to say that they should be. I think that's kind of goofy. It's one thing that there are companies out there making good money off of feeding dogs real food rather than kibble. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. You want to spoil your dog? Fine. But vegan dogs, that just feel, it also feels risky. I I don't know. Yeah. Not not been done long enough for me to believe, believe that it's good for them. Okay, so this last story still has me going, huh? So apparently some vegans are up in arms over the way certain oranges and lemons are grown. Hmm. Possibly, huh? Somehow they're possibly not vegan. So this is from, I found this article on the Guardian. Okay, okay, Apparently, hold on a second. But before you get into yeah. the story, because there are some grocery stores now that are actually labeling like fruits and vegetables as not vegan, but that's because of what they do afterwards. So there are right. some fruits and vegetables that they put shellac on. So you that's know, that's what this, I'm just about to tell you. Is yes. it really the shellac story? Oh my it's goodness. It's the shellac story. <laughs> I found this. I was looking for, okay, let's see. It's for the, le- okay, there's a female lack bug. Yes. That thrives in the forest of India and Southeast Asia that secretes a resin that is used to make shellac, which helps make the lemons shiny. And so the, you know, the next question is, so, so is the inside not vegan? Possibly, but then there's lemon rind, which a lot of us vegans have used yeah. for perking up some sort of risotto or some dish. Absolutely. Uh, but is that really not vegan then? That would really be not vegan. Son of a bitch. You see how they do it? I mean, so it's really not vegan to use any kind of animal product. So there is like, like, like there's a big debate, um, you know, in, in the vegan world, you know, there's vegans that are mad at people that are completely vegan and plant-based, except they'll use honey. And then, you know, vegans really like ostracize those people because they say honeys are animals and. Right, but yeah. oranges, this article said, yeah. honey. So apparently there's a, a, a company out there labeling the oranges non-vegan because they're treated with beeswax to keep the fresh food, the food fresh longer. Easy for here's, me to say. Here's how I, I look at it, and, and seriously, now, if you could be plant-based all you want, I think that's wonderful. And if you're 100% plant-based, and the only time that you're going to get a little – animal in you is coming off of a thin shellacking, I think you're going to be okay. I think I think we're going to be just fine as a species and doing really well health-wise and environmentally. So I, I, you don't have to be a vegan Nazi out there and go after those kind of people. In a perfect world, do we need shellac on vegetables? No, we don't. All right. We really right. don't need right. shellac on fruits and vegetables. But, um, you know, because it does exist and you accidentally bought one and didn't know there was shellac on it and you ate it, uh, the world isn't going to end. You're going to be okay. And you're still exactly. plant based. Yeah. 
It's a really well done article and they were a little bit sarcastic in it too, suggesting, come on, like we understand, hey, if you want to choose not to, but some writer found a, a restaurant saying that your Coke, if you want a lemon, it isn't now it's vegan. not vegan anymore. Oh my goodness. Go that's going, I just feel like that's going too far. I, I still don't understand. Why? why Why do we need it? Do we really need shiny fruits and vegetables? And those are the ones that, that we have to buy. I mean, have you ever gone to an orchard? So orchard time is almost coming up here in Wisconsin. And I love yeah. it because you go out to the orchard and you could pick your own and all of that kind of stuff and taste the apples before you buy them. And it's a wonderful experience. You bring the kids, you make a day out of it and you do all of that kind of stuff. And there's no like shell lack on any of the stuff and the apples still look great and you still want to eat them do we really need to put that stuff on our fruits and vegetables at all anyways i mean does it really work oh this is the shiniest pepper in the bunch so i'm going to buy the <laughs> shiniest pepper right now full well knowing that peppers aren't shiny go out to your garden if you have a garden and grow some peppers they don't shine and you don't need the shellac on them. I get that we don't I need it. I just look for yeah. the ones that look healthy and ripe. Right. I don't know that I'm looking for something to make me need my sunglasses. Yeah. It's kind of silly. I'm, I'm glad at least they're starting to warn some people about it. But the, in, in all seriousness, I don't know what it costs for them to do it. There's got to be some cost associated with it. Why don't they just stop doing it? That, that would be great. And how about this? Isn't, there, isn't it a well-known fact, and I'd have to Google it, but I don't have that up right now. That we consume a certain number of bugs in Anyways. a year. Oh yeah, even when in your sleep, Sarah. Or, yeah, absolutely. Just it's you know it's gonna happen. We we all live in the same universe, yep. kind of thing. Even so vegans consume it. some bugs, you know. You're <laughs> and they're still vegan, and and it's okay. So yeah, yeah. I actually saw that in, in one of my son's baseball games the other day. The pitcher was on the mound, bases were loaded. He goes back into his windup, and all of a sudden, swallowed a bug. Stop, stopped his windup. What did it do though? It was a balk. It cost everybody a base. Everybody got to move up a base. Oh, it cost no. the team a run. I had never seen it before, but dude swallowed a bug out on the mound and stopped his motion uh, because of it. I think that would have probably stopped me too. So. And, and dogs eat the bugs and then the ice yeah, cream too. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it all comes full you're, circle. You're going to get some bugs in there. <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. Uh, Sarah, great job today. Appreciate, appreciate you racing in and making it to the show then as <laughs> Luckily, well. Luckily, my son didn't race, but we're good. Right. We will do it all again tomorrow. Remember to hit like or subscribe, please. Do both of them. Give us a rating and subscribe to the podcast. And also, the YouTube channel is up as well. I just posted the Doncy Bausch interview is up there as well. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Watch the videos that are there as we're putting interviews up there as we speak. And in September, we'll have whole, whole actual shows up there, Sarah. It's very exciting. So uh, there'll getting be there. lots of FaceTime for one Sarah Carlson. So uh, <laughs> you, you got to love that. So great job. As always, again, go to realmeneplants.com and uh, click on that and subscribe today and also support the show and Paul's party as well. Paul Palooza coming up on Sunday. We'll do this all again tomorrow. Stay up.